Hello, you're listening to Spore. Okay, I'm going to start over. I must have heard it. <laughs> Hello, you're listening to Four Micronesians by Micronesians, and this is a podcast that highlights dynamic Micronesians that everyone should meet. Today, I have a guest who is a Micronesian daughter, sister, lifelong learner, advocate and adventurer tell us your name and how else you would describe yourself hi um my name is rachel plumian and um i would say that's a pretty spot-on description um (laughs) (laughs) adventurer um lately i think in the last couple of years i've really tried to step out of my comfort zone a little bit more um i really want to explore the world a lot more um uh just interact with cultures that I'm not familiar with um, just to get a better idea of what this world has and offers everyone. So um, yeah. I love that. And what type of Micronesian are you? I am Yappies and white. Yes. So. Okay. You're a Wylander. Yes, I am. <laughs> I actually <laughs> learned that term from your podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I was like, I should definitely, I should try and use that. So. Yes, my sister, there's somewhere on Facebook, there's a group called Wylanders. If you would like to join, I don't know if she took it down, but I think it still exists. I'm going to look it up. So funny. <laughs> and then um, I always ask folks if you were stranded on a deserted island and could only have one person to keep you company, who would you choose? So um, I'm very family oriented. So I love Mm -hmm. being with my family, in particular, both my parents. And um, if I had to choose one, I know that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think in terms of survival, I would have to take my dad. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. I was like, just pick the one who's going to like, you're going to make it far. Exactly. (laughs) And like my dad, he's um, so I'm happy he's on my dad's side. And um, he I mean, he grew up on the islands. He knows how to, like, basically just do everything. So, like, as far as, like, fishing, planting, harvesting, uh, building, um, like, that's, like, he's amazing at all those things. And so, um, yeah, I, I would definitely go to the island with him because he could not only keep me alive, but... Um, he would be able to he's a good pet yeah he would definitely be able to teach me like all those um skills and um I don't know my dad's a really great storyteller and teacher oh I like that yeah so he it would be great just to like be there and um just learn from him some more and then what would your dream career be so I'm kind of working towards that right now. Um, for a long Ooh. time, I have was set on going to medical school because I felt like that was the best way I could help my community and my family. And it, mm-hmm. in college, I just it just never really clicked. And instead, I found myself being involved with um, like connecting more with the Micronesian communities out in Seattle and Washington yeah and um just learning more about myself and connecting with culture and um eventually I started getting more involved with health policy advocacy work um oh cool specifically around um uh 
with a sorry with the Kofa. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think I don't know how much like your listeners know, but I think you're pretty versed on this. But in 1996, the Welfare Reform Act um, it mm-hmm. took away rights that gave um, like Marshallese, um, Palauans, those in Federated States of Micronesia rights to healthcare, um, mm-hmm. which is you know that's how can I don't know how you can come to a country and not have those basic needs met yeah um and so there is a group of us that we've we all worked together for a couple of years working with community advocates and leaders to help you know testify um at the capitol or send them letters you know anything that's so cool yeah just to get this passed and um a few years ago, it did, and we also got dental um, bills passed. So, so awesome. yeah, it's it's been crazy. But I realized that I just really enjoyed working with community and advocating for these needs and rights. So um, I'm actually going back to school now. To um, oh, cool. Yeah, kind of um, um, uh, learn more about you know how I can be helpful um in terms of like you know public health knowledge um so i'm getting my mph um in global health and um help me out master uh, of uh public health public health yeah. okay okay yeah and then um okay and then anthropology phd and i oh, wow. and i'm really just uh, I really just want to work with community and support however I can, um, whatever that may be. So um, eventually I would like to go out back to Yap or Micronesia and um, potentially work with leaders out there to maybe help the healthcare system. So tell me one thing that's on your bucket list. <laughs> um, what <laughs> isn't on my bucket list? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I would say I have a pretty large list, but um, there's been some things that have been on my mind for a while. I actually have a really mm-hmm. close group of friends. We're all from the Micronesian Islands, and Aww. we've been planning on island hopping to our respective Ooh. islands. And even even if we aren't from the island, we were thinking about going around Micronesia and just staying with family or um, just connecting with you know the local cultures yeah and just I don't know I think it'd be cool to see everybody like all our friends homeland and you know other islands that we share a deep history with and then what is one thing you cannot live without um I guess well I said earlier I was very like family oriented and I would say that it would be my family like when I think about it like deeply oh, that's a good answer. yeah because my dad was military and so we were moving around a lot and I think a lot of Micronesians mm-hmm. are, um, they have family members in the military um yeah uh so I feel like one of the only constants when I was growing up was my family because we're constantly moving around and mm-hmm. I had to leave my friends behind make new friends so I think it was just like a place of comfort my family has always been my comfort zone and um wherever they are is kind of like where home is for me 
And then what would you say is the most memorable lesson that you learned from your parents? Um, I think being the oldest and the oldest girl, only girl, um, I would say that my parents always were trying to drill in lessons. (laughs) Um, Okay. I think um, maybe just, I don't know, being protective, but um, I would say that my parents, um, they've taught me a lot and a lot that that I still use today and then I'll probably teach my my kids. Um, But I think some of the most um, impactful lessons are what they've shown by through their own actions um like they've sacrificed so much for my brothers and I to have a good life here um and um like they're just very honest hard-working people that yeah you know if I didn't have them as role models um you know I'd be somewhere completely different um Mm-hmm. they have really tr- truly shaped or helped shape who I am today. So um, they've just, you know, they've taught me to be hardworking, honest, and um, to be, you know, independent, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. Learn to, you know, if there's something I want to figure out a way to do it and do your best at it. And then what are you most proud of? <laughs> I guess, uh um to be my parents daughter I guess um it's like it's like a reoccurring theme that I keep bringing them up but (laughs) (laughs) no I like that I really like it yeah but um yeah because like I would say like I just I wouldn't be where I am today without them so something that I really like that you said is you said that your lessons that you've learned from your parents are from watching them because um, the reason I really like interviewing so many people is because everybody is so different, but there's always these themes that like a lot of people are saying some of the same things, which is really great. Cause I think that that kind of shows like which things specifically are cultural. And a lot of people have been saying that, like, you know, my parents, a lot of the lessons they taught me, like I learned from watching mm-hmm. them. And so like a lot of, a lot of Micronesian youth are like learning from their parents because their parents are leading by example. Yes. But I think that that's, oh, I love that though, because mm-hmm. I feel like, especially for you, like you take that, you know, um, like that's something that's very precious yes. to you that like, they're not just, you know, telling you like, Oh yeah, you have to do this. But like, you're learning to be a good person because you've watched them mm-hmm. be good people. Yeah. hundred percent. But I do like that. Um, so what is something that you wish for, for the Micronesian people? Uh, there's, there's a few things. Um, I think first off, um, a lot of our relatives who came here, um, migrated over, they, they, they were looking for, you know, better opportunities or to give their kids more opportunities in education Mm -hmm. or um and I feel like right now it's and maybe even when they came over um they were met with a lot of hate and discrimination and Mm -hmm. um I would hope that you know as time goes on on hopefully soon that people can come and live in the United States or wherever they may be um Mm -hmm. um discrimination um 
yeah racism. for sure and so that they can live a peaceful life because i feel like our parents deserve that you know and also i would like to see i would hope that micronesians could gain more visibility in the united states i think mm. yeah. yeah i think pacific islanders in general um we're kind of mm-hmm. like like fit into the um this overarching um uh group of you know api and so yeah. we kind of you know get, yes, we're yes exactly, <laughs> thank you. um we're overshadowed and um we kind of we get lost in like all these statistics and things that could be useful to help our people and so um even within the pacific islander community micronesians um can be marginalized and so i would just like to for micronesians to be more visible so that our our um you know our communities can be our cultures can be appreciated more um we can address issues that need attention are you familiar with the model minority myth um i maybe okay so the model minority myth is basically that um that asian americans are doing phenomenally like statistically Mm -hmm. so basically there are um a lot of groups that are part of that big asian population that are statistically succeeding um However, they, they put all of all people who come from the continent of Asia, which is humongous, <laughs> into one group. So, like, when you look at groups of Asians that are maybe um, not thriving in America, and they are more of a marginalized mm-hmm. group, like, um, like, for instance, like the Philippines or Cambodia, um, you know, they come from... Um, they come from nations that are also developing. So when they come to America, a lot of the time, even if they're very highly educated back home, it's not always when they're coming here, they're starting out at lower jet paying jobs because, you know, whatever, it didn't translate over or whatever, like it didn't, whatever you want to call it. Um, So, but then statistically they're, they're shown as like, Oh, but they're, you're Asian. You're doing great. Like you don't really need any. So there is, um, resources and they're not always provided um and whatnot so the issue is that that goes for us as well so a lot of the time we are subgrouped in as asian american pacific islander and most pacific islander groups are actually um marginalized in many Mm -hmm. ways so we do have higher need for resources and we are more at risk like i said i was doing my master's research on the fact that a lot of micronesians are not going for higher education statistically like per capita there's just not a lot of people going to Mm -hmm. to college and whatnot so um i think the reason that gets tricky is that at some universities like harvard for instance they actually have something that is reverse affirmative action. So like affirmative action is the idea, like, right, that, um, you know, that you have your, you know, your white counterparts who are accepted or not accepted into college. And then affirmative action is saying, okay, look, we have this group of a marginalized, um, you know, racial or ethnic group that tend to need more representation within the college because they do come from, you know, a population that they're not getting. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily like a handout. It's just saying like to 
to work in a more equitable space, we need more representation from Mm -hmm. these communities. Well, because they have the model minority myth, which is the myth that the Asians and Pacific Islanders are this model minority, they're doing phenomenal, there is reverse affirmative action. So what that means is that we have to score way better, get way better grades, and be way better than even our white counterparts to even be accepted into these universities because we're, quote unquote, doing so great. That is insane. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. To already come from a group that is behind and really struggling and then to be told, not only are you already struggling, but now you have to do better than everybody else to even get there. Like, to be honest, we already had to do way better than everybody else to get to an equitable spot. So, um, so yeah, I think that that's just wild, but that's something that's happening to our, that's directly impacting. Wow, our and that just highlights even more the need for disaggregated data. Like the fact that they yes. are doing like doing reverse um, affirmative action. That's neat. Um, so lighthearted question. What is the most ridiculous way that you've ever been injured? Um, let's see. Uh, okay. I got one. So when I was a kid, <laughs> um, I was a little obsessed with rollerblading um yeah and so like during like after school or on the weekends all the neighbor kids we'd all like pull out our scooters and bikes and I'd pull out my rollerblades and um we just like do our thing around the the neighborhood and play and we had this hill that we would go down and then you can like peel off to the right or left and um I one of those times I just kind of crashed and I messed up my ankle yeah but I the thing is if I remember this right because I was so young um I didn't like go tell my mom right away so I was like too much fun oh my gosh (laughs) so we just kept going and I think that probably made it worse but anyways um I guess later that week or something I went to doctors and I fractured my growth plate in my ankle and so yeah, oh so I goodness. actually ended up like walking pigeon toed a little bit, and my mom would like go around hitting me, like stop oh. walking like that, walk straight, and so, um, yeah. Oh, so I grew out of it, but um, yeah, I had like a walking cast for a little bit. And then, what is the most interesting Micronesian superstition that you're familiar with? Um, I can't think of anything specifically off the top of my head, but um, I do remember my dad telling me one time that um so black magic you've heard of yeah so (laughs) um so I think it's still um practicing yap and um my remember my dad mentioning that somebody had used black magic against my family yeah I don't know why like there's so many different reasons why um somebody would use it I guess but um he had to go through a whole like like all these protocols or something to like to get it off or reverse it yeah oh my yeah it was it was really eerie to like listen to him talk about it yeah it is creepy like if you're like if you're not someone from the culture and you listen to this podcast and you're like, you guys are ridiculous. <laughs> I just want you to know that if you could like sit down with like one of our fathers or mothers <laughs> who are from Micronesia for like 
an hour and have them tell you the stories or like you could just like see the energy of seriousness yeah. you would know like this, this is, is not to be played with <laughs> no I was yeah legitimately like very concerned <laughs> and well that's all the questions okay. I had for you well, thank you for having me I enjoyed our talk yes, no <laughs> our discussion. I always ask before I completely let you go is there anything that you would love to tell people about like a call of action, shows they should watch on Netflix, books they should read, anything random that the okay, people have to um, know about. I'll give a couple. Um, so I don't okay. know if you've heard of a book. It's called um, Indigenous Literatures from Micronesia. And no. it came out last year, I believe. And it's a compilation of just different Micronesian pieces, literature. Um, yeah, I may have to from look this up. Different Micronesian artists, or sorry, not artists, um, authors. So, um, like, mm. all over, like, Palau, Marshall Islands, Chuuk, Pompeii, Kosra Yap, Guam, Saipan, maybe the rest of the oh, San Naru. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's really nice to just sit and read. Um, there's some creation stories, I believe, in there. Um, others are poems. There's yeah it's just oh very cool yeah i enjoy it. and i have like i was telling you my um group of micronesian sisters um they we all like got it together and we're like reading it so yeah like yeah. a book club mm-hmm. i love yes. a good book club <laughs> <laughs> i'm also part of a couple organizations in washington um so uh Ooh, okay can washington uh so the uh, kofa alliance national network there's a national chapter or yes. yeah. And then the Washington chapter is one I'm part of. And it's, yes, you I do. David? I just had a meeting with him oh my yesterday. Gosh. He's like the coolest person. <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, can Washington, like right now, especially with the COVID pandemic, we're reaching out to communities mm. to um, get a sense of what they need um, in, in terms of support mm-hmm. Um uh, finances we've been trying to secure some funds to support our families so just reaching out um so that we can all like we can connect would be great um we just really want to make sure we're reaching everyone we can and then um I'm also part yeah. of the pacific Islander health board in seattle and yeah and so it kind oh, of crosses cool. over with what the can work is we're what we're, we are doing with can right now um and that mm-hmm. we're also trying to connect with communities to get a sense of what they're going through, what they need from us. Um, so, like, people have been delivering food, um, been getting out money um, for people. Yeah, so they That's can so pay awesome. for their, their, their expenses. Um, we've also yeah. been just, like, providing feedback around, like, uh, like tenant and landlord laws, like, Anything? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Because awesome. there's so, so many needed. people who are being threatened with evictions right now. So yeah, we just connect with like different, um, like leaders in the community and like, hey, can you, like, help us do like a Facebook Live or you know, like, put together some resources. So that's awesome. if there's people, I guess, in Washington that need help, um, yeah, just reach out to either of the organizations. We're really just trying to connect the community and support. So yeah, those are. Those are the three things I guess I would recommend. Yeah. 
Very cool. What about you? Anything you'd like to plug? Do you have any handles like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, anything you want to share with everyone? Anything you want um, to be followed? Honestly, I'm not very active on social media, but I'm I'm fine. <laughs> you know, no worries. Um, yes, it's working. It's a work in progress. And <laughs> I think if you want to find me, you can just um, search my first and last name, Rachel Tillman, um, on usually on any platform. I think I'm on just about all of them. And um, yeah, connect. I love connecting with people. Um, so that'd be really great. Um, yeah very cool okay well that's all i had but thank you so much for taking the time no, to meet thank with me. you I for having it. me i really enjoyed our discussion oh, <laughs> no problem oh, well your episode like i said will come okay, out i will so thank you so much thanks you too yes have a good night <laughs> bye yep bye Well, that was our episode. For Micronesians by Micronesians is an anchor production hosted, created, and produced to you by me, Angela Edward. You can learn more about me at AngelaEdward.com. You can follow the show and get more Micronesian content on Instagram at For Micronesians by Micronesians, all one word. Also, don't forget to support Micronesian businesses that can be found on the For Micronesians by Micronesians Instagram page under the highlights. We will be back next week with an all-new episode. If you would like to recommend any topics, please feel free to DM them into the Instagram page. Thank you again for listening to all of my Micronesian friends, family, and allies. Catch you next time.